We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Time for our Audi electrifying play of the game. Got to give it to Dante DiVincenzo and Nikai. 25 points. A career-high seven three-pointers, seven of ten, Wally. He was outstanding. Good pass, Julius Randle, who was also dropping dimes. He had seven assists. Dante DiVincenzo gets the start. Outstanding defense. Flamethrower from deep. Seven threes. A career-high seven threes. What a performance. And he joins us right now. Uh, Dante. All righty. That is a good basketball team. The Knicks, I mean, the Hornets are not a very good basketball team. Um, nice to be a fan of a good basketball team, is it not? Feels good. It's a much, much better way to live uh, than, you know, the alternative. Uh, as I stir my winter cocktail, uh, we're celebrating tonight with some some nice, what is this? Weller? Yeah, Weller, Weller bourbon. Shout out Ray Marcano. Send me this beautiful bottle. Uh, and some apple cider. Which makes a delightful combination. Um, a delightful combination, much like Jalen Brunson and Dante DiVincenzo, uh, the two longtime friends, Villanova products, who were largely responsible for the Knicks winning this game. This was, listen, I looked it up just before the, the game ended because um, the Hornets shot 48% from three tonight. Uh, that has happened um, against the Tom Thibodeau Knicks since he since Tibbs took over. Uh, there have been, let's see here, do, 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 a dozen teams um, that have shot at least 48% from deep um, against the Knicks. Again, under Tom Thibodeau, the Knicks have lost 10 of those games. And the two that they won, uh, they won a two-point game against the Miami Heat back in uh, March of last year. And notably, the Heat only took 25 threes in that game. And then they won a uh, end-of-the-season game that meant nothing against the uh, Indiana Pacers in April. So generally speaking, uh, when the Knicks under Tibbs have given up this level of three-point uh accuracy to another team they do not win and tonight not only did they win but like yeah i know the game got down to six points a few or maybe the lead even got down to five i forget it was five or six several times and the hornets kept it close because they just kept hitting threes they, they just didn't miss um you know they got a lot of offensive firepower on that team 
uh, and uh, the Miller kid is, is is really good. And uh, yeah, I mean, they kept it close for that reason. And to the Knicks credit, I mean, just like put it into perspective. Did they play two bad teams two nights in a row? Absolutely. The Hornets also played last night, although I think that deserves an asterisk because the Hornets don't try on defense. So a back-to-back to them is like not a real back-to-back. They gave up 130 points to the Bucks last night. So I, I think fair to say they were conserving conserving energy on the defensive end. Um, Hornets certainly did, didn't look any worse for the wear tonight with how much they run up and down the floor. So Knicks, again, back-to-back, um, you know, probably had to expend a little bit more energy last night against the Washington Wizards than they would have liked to. Um, and they took care of business both nights. Both nights were really, I mean, I, you know, I know the Knicks had to keep in their starters pretty much until the end, but like this one was never really in doubt late. They made the plays they needed to make. That's a sign against why I said it at the top. It's a sign of a good basketball team. Um, this has been no picnic of an opening schedule for the Knicks. And yet here they sit at eight and five. Um, I, I don't, there may be something that could change this before, uh, the end of the evening, but I'm pretty sure we're going to wake up with the Knicks still fourth in net rating. Their offensive rating should certainly take a bump tonight. Uh, and their def- I don't even think their defensive rating will change all that much. Um, so, like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my main takeaway. This team is good. And, you know, Benji just texted before. He's like, it's nice to, to, to see that they are not only a good team and that they do what they're supposed to do against these bad teams, but that they seem to know it, you know? They, they they seem to operate like, okay, we know what we're doing, but not in a dangerous way, right? Not like, oh, roll the ball out on the floor and we'll just come away with a win. No, they, they know what they need to do to win the, these games, and, and they absolutely do it. Um, There's no mystery about what the leading topic of conversation is going to be tonight and, and tomorrow and over the next, you know, 24 to 48 hours. Uh, Quentin Grimes, obviously down with um, an injured hand. It looks like he's going to be okay, thankfully, because they need him. They need everybody. We need, as Tib says, we need everybody. Um, but he obviously could not go tonight. So who gets to start in his place? The guy who has a game that is most similar to Quentin Grimes, and that is Dante DiVincenzo. Um, DiVincenzo and Grimes, whatever order you want to put them in, are the next two best off-ball threats uh, from three, although Jalen Brunson certainly uh, butting his way into that conversation. Jalen Brunson's butting butting his way into a lot of conversations. We'll we'll get to Brunson in a moment. But yeah, I mean, on offense, DiVincenzo and Grimes, not not exactly the same, um, which is why the conversation is going to be what it is tonight, because whereas Quentin Grimes is still developing the other parts of his game as a third-year player who, you know, missed a lot of his first season and it kind of took him a little bit longer to get his to get his footing. Uh DiVincenzo is a little bit more seasoned. I mean, and kind of by year two with a Bucks team that was competing for a championship, stepped into a bit significant role last season, obviously, with that Warriors team that uh, was a good Warriors team, played a big role off the bench. Got to play with all those guys in Golden State. I'm, I'm sure picked up some tricks of the trade while he was there. And this is very clearly a guy that knows really simply how to play off of stars. And you saw it tonight. Um, playing 
the most significant minutes of the season with both Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle on the court. Uh, DiVincenzo took full advantage. He had his career high and made three-point field goals, I believe, by two. Um, finished with seven threes. And like as much as that's obviously the lead story, he did a lot of other stuff well, too. Um, had a couple of steals um, early in this game. Uh, yeah, early in the first the first quarter, which helped set the tone. I thought his defense was 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 solid for, for what he is, but I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. And he just he knows how to move on the court. He knows where to move on the court. Um, he is both a good connector and a guy that is a little bit more than a connector. But in this in this alignment with those two guys in this next starting lineup, it's really all he has to be is a connector and he's better at that right now than Quentin Grimes. And like, look, Grimes is still figuring out how to be, you know, deadly from behind the arc, you know, unlimited touches and being deadly from behind the arc is not just making shots. Like Quentin Grimes, three point percentage is great this year, but it's about, okay, when do I, drive? When do I drive and, and shoot? When do I drive and pass? When do I fire away? When do I relocate? Like, where am I moving when I don't have the ball? All that stuff. Um, and Steven Chancellor is just a little bit more comfortable of an offensive player at this point in his career. The reason why I'm going to say up front, let's pump the brakes on, can we switch to starting five, is that <laughs> David Chesler is a wonderful player. He is exactly the sort of player you want to get with the mid-level exception. There is also a reason that he was available for the mid-level exceptions because he's an imperfect player. He's a good defensive player. He does a lot of things on defense that are helpful, generates a lot of steals. Um, he's not the point of attack defender that Quentin Grimes is. And that's a really important role for this starting five. And like, I'm not going to draw a direct correlation to them missing Grimes and Lamelo Ball going off for, I, I don't even know what Lamelo uh, went off for tonight. It felt like he might have gotten close to 40. Uh, he had a really good game, uh, suffice it to say. Yeah, Lamelo's final stat line, 34 points on 22 shots, including 8 of 13 from deep. Like, you know, that would have been Grimes' assignment. Um, And they had to switch some different things up, and like it, it contributed to Brandon Miller going off. Uh, for 29 points on 15 shots, like he plays an important role in the starting five. Am I going to sit here and say that like the idea of DiVincenzo starting for Grimes doesn't intrigue me? Of, of course not. It absolutely intrigues me. Does it raise the ceiling of this team right now? On balance, given everything, defense, offense, the whole thing? Yeah, I, I think it's probably safe to say that it does. The Knicks are also still finding out what they have in Grimes. Again, third-year player. Um, the more interesting conversation, and one that we may get into a little bit tonight, is whether at this stage of his career, putting aside whether it benefits the Knicks or not, does it actually benefit Quentin Grimes um, to play a little bit more in the second unit and figure out you know, some of those things, maybe with a little bit more usage, even if he might have to take a bit of a hit in minutes. Um, all things considered, I, I think this is probably much ado about nothing. I personally sitting here today, and I could certainly be wrong, I would be surprised if like Grimes is back healthy and Tibbs was like, Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go with the DiVincenzo starting five from here on in. I'd be surprised at that. I'd be surprised. Wouldn't shock me. I'd be surprised. 
I think when Grimes is back healthy, I think we're gonna we're gonna go back to the starting five of Grimes in it. So I wanted to get all that out of the way because um again, I know it's gonna be a big topic of conversation tonight. Um it is incredible that um we had to start off talking about uh Dante DiVincenzo on a night when Jalen Brunson uh came out and scored twenty five points in the first half, and thank goodness he did. Um I wrote it down actually. Non in the first half, not, Nick's not named Jalen Brunson or Dante DiVincenzo um, shot 25% in the first half. They were eight of 32 again, very much like second night of a back-to-back. You saw it. Um, and uh, they were, they were missing some shots. They probably usually make thank goodness for, for Dante shooting from three, like he did, but also Jalen Brunson. I mean, what more do you say? He was in full command I do not put any stock on the fact that he um, slowed down in the second half. I mean, he only scored only scored seven points in the second half, finished with 32 on 21 shots, still an outstanding game, eight assists, a lot more nice passes. He has best defensive season of his career, best three-point shooting season of his career, obviously, and the best passing season of his career. I mean, all the it's just amazing with this guy. Every year, you're like, man, uh, Jalen Brunson, really good player, but if only he could get better at this, this, and this. Well, guess what? He's gotten better at this, this, and this. Um, that's the sort of worker he is. That's the sort of leader he is. That's why the Knicks are going to make every decision moving forward with how does this work with Jalen Brunson. So... Um, Fantastic uh, game for him. Looked like he really started to figure some stuff out inside the arc. I know the Hornets are not a great defensive team, but they do have a lot of length, you know, and um, I am. It was it was really nice to see that effort as I Andrew, I hope you don't mind me saying this. I just checked the text, the text thread that I have with, with Benji and Fred and Andrew sends a screenshot of the Miami Heat score. The Miami Heat are currently up 22 to one. On the Chicago Bulls. Not sure if that's more a reflection of the heat of the Bulls. Thank you, Andrew, for passing that along. Um, Jalen Brunson, uh, very good at basketball. Uh, Nick's just tweeted out, and I'm sure others have pointed this out already tonight. I'll be the umpteenth person to point it out. The Knicks haven't trailed in a game in a while. Uh, they trailed early in the Atlanta game. I haven't trailed since. I'm not sure what the team record is for most consecutive minutes with a lead, but they are probably getting pretty close to it. So good job by them. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's all it's all it's all good. Oh, one other streak. Um, hopefully, I'm the first person to point this out. The Knicks finished tonight, and this is probably the next thing we should talk about because you want to talk about a team that has changed the narrative. Um, after the first six games of this year, the Knicks were 24th in three-point shooting. They were looked at as a team that that was a, a poor three-point shooting team. Uh, since then, they have been the best three-point shooting team in basketball over the last seven games. And this is now their sixth consecutive game shooting over 40% from three. Um, they have only had two streaks that have been longer in their history. They had a streak in January into February of 2014. When they had seven straight games of um, at least 40% from deep. And then they had a streak in uh, so the spring of 2021. So the We Here season, I'm, I'm, I would guess that that 
Actually, no, sorry. Is that not the we here? Yeah, that was the we here season. I would guess that that streak came uh, amidst the end of season winning streak. Uh, but anyway, during that streak of seven straight, they made 109 uh, out of uh, 229 threes. Uh, so far with this streak, I believe after tonight, they are 97 makes out of, uh, let me do some quick math, 222. Um, so they will have a chance to match the club record for most consecutive games, shooting 40% or more from deep uh, on Monday against the aforementioned Miami Heat. Uh, a couple of quickies, and then we'll we'll get on to the Super Chats. Mitchell Robinson, um, only four points tonight. I actually didn't think he was great in the first half. I thought there were a, a, he was... And again, we're we're judging Mitch by his his new standards, which is like all defense, defensive player of the year candidate. Like I think he should be a fringe all star candidate. I didn't think he played up to that level in the first half. Uh, finished the night with eleven offensive rebounds. He's now third all time um, in Knicks franchise history in offensive rebounds. Eleven offensive rebounds, fourteen total, four blocks. Um, pretty nice night for Mitch. He definitely impacted the game big time. Um, I thought Julius had a nice game. You know, he he's kind of been at this like middling level of efficiency after he got past the cold start. But, you know, first six games didn't top 20 points. Now, seventh straight uh, 20 point or more game for uh, Julius Randle. We've been saying it for a little while. He's back. Not all the way back, maybe. But again, like 21, seven, four turnovers. Like he's had a lot of these kind of stat line games that, you know, he. I'm I'm fine with Julius Randle doing this. Um, nice game from Josh Hart. Uh, tough shooting game from downtown for Emmanuel. Quickly missed all five of his threes. Part of why he, he probably wasn't in the closing lineup. They also, I would imagine, like to have uh, Josh Hart's defense on Lamelo Ball down the stretch of the fourth quarter when this was still kind of in doubt. Nice game from Hardenstein. Nice minutes from McBride. And uh, we'll close with RJ. Great to see RJ Barrett back on the court. Um, out for three games, you know, lots of theories floating around. <laughs> is it really migraines? Like if it's migraines, why is he working out before the game? Why is he on the bench in a lot arena? Why is he in huddles? This and the other thing, whatever he's back. I think given the rust that he showed tonight, it's fair to assume that something was up with him, that he wasn't feeling well, whether it was actually migraines, whether it was uh, fucking explosive diarrhea. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, and quite frankly, I don't care as long as he's fine now. Um, he was, again, he was rusty. I don't care. Uh, he's back. That's the most important thing. And you know what? For as rusty as he was, guess who hit two of the biggest shots of the game when this, when they were trying to put this Hornets team away? Made his only three to take it from a uh, eight-point lead to an 11-point lead. That was big. And then immediately fouled that up with a two to make it a one one 88 game. Um, there were a couple DiVincenzo threes after that, that probably were the real nail in the coffin, but I felt like those two RJ baskets kind of ended for me, the portion of the game where I, I felt like it was in kind of the danger zone. And yet, as I say that game never really truly felt like it was in the danger zone, which is, the best compliment that I could give uh, to this team, they are treating these games, as I said at the top, 
as they should. They're a good basketball team. Are they a great basketball team? I mean, how many great basketball teams are there in the league right now? You, know, you got the Nuggets, you got the Celtics. It's, it's probably it. Um, and then the Knicks are, I think, in that next class, and they're going to face another team that's in that next class. I have them on my, my second screen right now. The Minnesota Timberwolves currently losing to the Pelicans in the third quarter uh, on the road. Um, I mean, talk about a tough game. That's going to be a hard game. Um, I also realize I misspoke before. They don't play Miami on Monday. They play Minnesota on Monday, and then they play Miami on Friday. So they'll have a chance to extend their 40 point or 40% uh, three-point streak against the Timberwolves, um, which is appropriate because no team has gotten luckier with opponents three-point shooting than the Timberwolves this year. Opponents can't hit anything. So I don't know if that's a good sign. I don't know if that's a bad sign. Maybe the Timberwolves are due. You know, um, they finally gave up a ton of threes to the uh, whoever they played in their last game and they appropriately lost. So whatever. We'll we'll have time to think about that. Let's talk about this game. I'm curious what people want to talk about. Again, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of DiVincenzo um, talk uh, as it should. He He's he's earned it. Um, he was great. And they needless to say, they do not win this game without him. You need everybody. And they this Knicks give the front office credit. They have built a hell of a roster, you know, like full of guys who, you know, at least two or three of these guys are going to have big nights and they are so interchangeable and so flexible. And they have so much for as, for as, as kind of small as they are, they don't play small, best defensive rebounding team in the league. So they don't play small. And they give you so much versatility and flexibility that whoever's having big nights, I, I wrote it down before Dave, I, I counted this as a non garbage time win as an, or let me rephrase that. I counted this, this as a non blowout. They've had six blowouts by my count seven where they actually needed to keep, you know, the starters in through the, the final buzzer. This is the seventh different closing lineup that they have had. So just, you know, think about that for a second. Seven games where they needed to actually care into the final minutes of the fourth quarter. Seven different closing lineups. If that doesn't tell you the amount of, of flexibility that Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau has with, with what he could throw out there and kind of roll with the punches, who's having a good game, who's having not a great game, I don't know what will. So, great sign for them. Okay, uh, APJP's on the ones and twos. Let's kick it off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joe Dugan, what's going on, Joe? Love the feel of our offense with Donovan D- uh, Dante Donovan. Uh, Freudian slip. Dante DiVincenzo start startering. That's a, a I like that. Feels more open and dynamic with him moving around versus the static Grimes. Chemistry with Randall is already um, good. He moves a lot. I mean, you know, it's you know it's something I hadn't thought of until right now. Bad job by me. And I wonder if I'm sure Benji or, or DJ Zulo have thought about it or, or or threaded it or or spoken about it. And maybe I missed it. But like Milwaukee, the team that DiVincenzo got drafted onto was one of the most kind of stodgy half court teams um, in the league or had has been for a little while now. And then he went to the the complete opposite of that in the Warriors. And that really seemed to fit him. Now, I think the nice thing about DiVincenzo is like you could he, you could put him on a team that doesn't have a whole lot of off-ball movement, which I think the Knicks I, I, again, shout out to the aforementioned DJ Zulo had a great thread today showing like they actually do kind of move off the ball and like do some stuff. It's not just a whole bunch of ISO. Um but like comparatively to to teams like the Warriors, the Knicks are not do not offer a lot of off-ball movement. Dante DiVincenzo adds that element. So it is important, and it's not surprising he has chemistry with Randall and obviously Brunson, who we played with in college. You know, to call Grimes static I, is is that a little harsh? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. It also might not be wrong. You know, he just um, he's a young player. You know, he's a young player. Is he wired that way? You know, I, I don't know, but it's a fair comment. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Robert Cross. First time, long time. It's your boy, John. Is it fair and reasonable to say that Jalen Brunson is a star? We already knew this, Robert. Come on. What are you doing? Um, What is his ceiling? Hashtag 53 wins. I said his ceiling last year. And oh, uh, Robert has another one, uh, but I'll, I'll answer. Oh, here we go. Robert, this is another one. I'll answer the Jalen Brunson one in a second. I've been watching the Knicks for a long time. The mid three are not mid. Emerging young talent and the deepest roster in basketball. Do not fuck this up, Leon. Hashtag 53 wins. I'm happy I read this comment before answering your last comment because it goes hand in hand. I still think to a certain extent in the NBA, you are maybe not that you're as good as your best player. But I do think you're as good as your closer. And that's why it relates to the last question you asked. Because I said it last year, um, and I mentioned it over the summer. I think I went on Chris Percy Einan's pod and mentioned it. And I'll say it again now. Again, these are not similar types of players. But in terms of impact, in terms of historical ceiling, where they are what they are considered in the history of the game, um, all those sorts of things. It's Chauncey Billups. Now it goes without saying Chauncey Billups was a brick shit house. It was what, what was Chauncey Billups? Six, five, six, six. I mean, he was like and Jalen Brunson. Like I know he's listed at six, two or whatever. He's like, we, we know he's, he's not that, but again, in terms of his role on a team, 
And I think if you're, if you live in the world that you live in, Robert, and, and again, I'm, I, I, I kind of have fun with you and I make fun of you for your stance. It becomes less and less ridiculous every day, every day since they signed Jalen Brunson, you know, all the way through his closing the playoffs with like 80 points over the last two games, it becomes less and less ridiculous with RJ Barrett putting tonight aside, taking a step up. It becomes less ridiculous with Emmanuel quickly taking yet another step up. It becomes less ridiculous with Mitchell Robinson taking a step up. It becomes less ridiculous. And yes, I'm going to throw Julius Randall in there. Like a guy that we all want to throw out with yesterday's trash, um, overcoming a poor start and just reminding everybody like, Hey man, I'm a freaking good basketball player. Um, and I draw a lot of attention. It becomes less ridiculous. I still think this team is a piece away. I think we have arrived. I'll give you this. How about this? I'll give you this. Have we arrived at the point in the conversation where there's at least a world where they're not acquiring an MVP level player to put them into the place that you're talking about? And again, the question we always, I always get asked in the Substack chat and 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 on here is the comps to the 2004 Pistons, which obviously you know I I kind of just made myself because I brought up Chauncey Billups. I mean that team had, you know, I mean, Billups he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Ben Wallace is in the Hall of Fame. Rasheed Wallace a Hall of Fame talent, you know, and then Rip Hamilton three time All Star. He you know you could argue he was the fourth best of those guys, and that to say nothing of of um. I was going to say Tory and Prince. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the, the guy who was the fifth star. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Whatever. It was a great team. Um, and man, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, but I think that's Brunson's ceiling is a Billups level impact um, on a great team. And then, but I still think like, but again, what's that other, what's that other move? What is that other move? I don't, maybe it doesn't have to be for an MVP. Maybe it doesn't have to be for a guy who is definitively like 30 usage rate. Offense goes through me, the whole thing. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, Will Oliver, what's going on, Will? Now that's a good weekend of Knicks basketball. You're damn skippy it is. Uh and and one that I was worried about. I mean, this is one where you look on the schedule ahead of the season and you want to put down um two wins. You really do. But, you know, you know basketball doesn't always work that way and you that's, you know, as they say, that's why they they play the games. Tayshaun Prince, Torian Prince couldn't on tip my tongue before anyway. Um, but this is important um, because next three games, not to get ahead of myself, next three games at Minnesota, who again, very good Miami, who I think has the longest winning streak in basketball. And then Phoenix, who like, okay, they've been scuffling a little bit. Still Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, you know? Um, and then you got this Charlotte team again, who maybe they don't want to lose to the Knicks three times in three games this season before 
uh, December and then Detroit. And then you go to Toronto. Who's like, you know, they've been, they've been spunky. So important to get this win. Um, I kind of intimated a few days ago that just worst case scenario, get to the 19 game mark, get to where they start the in season tournament quarterfinals and whatnot. Worst case scenario, get there at 10 and nine. Ideally you get there. Um, 11 and eight. <clears throat> now you can go. Uh, let's see if I could do math. Uh, one and a half cocktails in. So they are. Uh, yeah, they can get there. They can absolutely get there. I feel I'm feeling good. And they go. What, what do they have to go? They would have to go three and they would have to win three more games. Three out of seven. Doable. Eminently doable. Thanks, Will. Matt G. What's going on, Matt? Mitch is a monster. Hopefully Grimes has learned some of that awful. Moving with the starters like DDV. I am over Julius Randle and his BS effort on defense. Oh, come on, Matt. We don't want to bring that energy here. Not after uh, this team has won, um, you know, six out of, out of seven games. I think... Like, it's interesting to me in the NBA and maybe in sports, but I only focus on the NBA. So that's really like I'm going to speak on. It is easier for us to accept certain players for what they are than it is for us to accept other players for what they are. And the reasons for that are obvious. So like Julius Randle is a guy who's not going to be flying all over the floor and giving 110% on the defensive end every minute he's in the game, every game he plays. That is just what he is. It is, I'm not going to say it's his only flaw. It is his biggest flaw, arguably. But he also gets a bad rap on defense, including for me, not trying to absolve myself here. I've killed him on the def- for a, a lot of things, including defense. But the reason he gets a bad rap is his bad <laughs> looks so bad and inspires comments like yours, right? But that's not all he does out there. That's not universal. It's not that is not 100% of the sample size. Some nights is it 50% of the sample size or 40 or 60% of the sample size on his worst nights? It, yeah, it's not 100%. Like he's still a beast on the boards. He still does a lot of things for you. The fact that he's just a big body out there, like that matters on defense. Um, and also, like, he's not the only star that conserves energy on the defensive end because he contributes a lot on offense. I know that, you know, he he's the first star we've had here. He was the first star we had here in a while since, you know, you want to say Mello or KP. But, you know, that this is what a lot of stars do. You know, and that's why I find it interesting, like Damian Lillard, yeah, everybody acknowledges he's a shitty defensive player, but nobody like calls him out to this degree. Now, obviously, again, goes without saying Damian Lillard's a far superior offensive player to Julius Randle. I'm not trying to, you know, say otherwise, but I I do think we go a little bit too far in in the wrong direction. Now, the criticism to me is not that Julius Randle doesn't give 110% on defense all the time. The criticism to me is that when Julius Randle clearly does not have it on offense and other guys do, 
he continues to try to force it on offense and instead of channeling his energy towards the defensive end. That tonight is not I didn't I didn't get that sense tonight. Like Julius Randle was had a good offensive night. He was good tonight. Like he was he was channeling his energy on on offense and in the proper ways. So, you know, it's it's a kind of a pick your spots thing. Um and I'm not sure tonight's the night to uh to criticize, you know, but uh to to each their own. To to each their own. Thanks, Matt. Chibo! Hate to say it, but I like DDV as the starter. We should probably... It's a shame we don't have an AG1 Ed, Ed Reed tonight. This would be the, the drinking game. Um, Yeah, no, he looks good. I mean, it look, no two ways about it. He looks good. Thanks, Chibo. Asian Ferg, another one. Should that should even Jen's a start over Grimes? I like what he brings to the starting lineup. IQ, Quentin Grimes, and Hart still good as a second unit. Mitch killed the glass again. Let's go Knicks. So let's talk about this. I was waiting for somebody to bring it up. Thank you, Haitian. Um, so quickly, RJ, obviously. Grimes and Hart on the second unit. Let's go through what are the nice things. So uh, if you're the Knicks center, uh, obviously, you have a sub-10 usage rate. Um, and if you are playing with Josh Hart, that's another player uh, who has a sub-10, or not a sub-10 usage rate, but a very low usage rate. So the usage is there. The usage is there. What I like about DiVincenzo in the backup group is... He's never, I mean, between RJ and quickly, like you got your pick and roll guys there. So it's, it's rare that you're going to have DiVincenzo like, you know, like running, running the offense. He can do that. It's a nice bonus, but more than anything, like he injects life into the, into the second unit, like the things that he's going to do for the offense. He does the same things for the second unit. Now the question then becomes, okay, well, what can Grimes either do? bring to the second unit or how can Grimes benefit from being on the second unit? I think the obvious answer is, is just probably more shots, right? He's going to get more shots, but like I, I say that and then I look at the, I look at the box score tonight and I see that Dante DiVincenzo was playing, it was starting in a unit alongside Julius Randle, who took 17 shots. R.J. Barrett took 15 shots, and Jalen Brunson took, took 21 shots. Add those all up, those and and divide it by three. That's about what you're going to usually see from those three guys. And Dante DiVincenzo still managed to get 12 shots up in 28 minutes, which brings me back to the talking point that we've has been kind of making the rounds on this feed for a little while now. Yeah, that guy's got to pass in the ball. Yeah. Um, they should maybe design some more stuff for him. But Quentin Grimes is an active participant here in this discussion. So moving him to the bench, it's not like he's magically going to get more shots. He has to, again, be a contributor, be a participant in, in that effort. And I wonder, will that be easier? Or will it in some ways be more difficult? Because defenses don't, have to pay attention, not pay attention, but like defenses don't have to collapse on Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett like they do on Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. It's just, and then that's not disparaging 
you know, qu- quickly or RJ, but like Brunson and, and, and Randall are two of the top, you know, double team generators in the league. So I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting discussion. I really do. And I'll be curious to see what, what, what happens. I have a feeling Grimes. Gonna be, I mean, Grimes gonna be out for another two, three games at least. So Keith, what's going on, Keith? Always great to hear from you. Nice win. Nice to see RJ back. And Dante looks like he likes starting. Yeah. And again, keep in mind, like we're also <laughs> talking about a guy who just has career high <laughs> shooting night. <laughs> Let's bump the brakes, maybe. Um. Anyway, good to see Jalen Brunson make twos like he is normal self. P.S. Fuck Miles Bridges. He put asterisks. I'll say fuck Miles Bridges. Shouts to KFS. Um, oh man, I don't know. I I I just I was debating whether or not I wanted to say anything. Like, so behind the scenes, like y'all know, I've had an up and down uh, life and circuitous path to get here. Uh, a path which began with uh, you know law school. The original reason I went to law school didn't end up working out this way for reasons, but was to prosecute uh, sex crimes and domestic violence, uh, which is why, you know, my first year of law school was up in the sex crimes, child abuse, sex crimes bureau of uh, Bronx DA's office. And then my second summer um, spent some really um, eye opening time. With Safe Horizons uh, Domestic Violence Unit, uh, they do fa- fantastic work helping uh, battered women and, and women who have been in abusive relationships. Um, domestic violence is still something in this country that we treat like it's like not a, not that it's not a problem, but like I don't have to say it. Mike Breen said it. Miles Bridges has served no jail time. We've all seen the photographs. Like, I'm not trying to go in on my, this isn't a Miles Bridges issue. This is an America issue. Like the fact that we don't, we, we still have ingrained in our DNA that like, you know, sometimes a husband can just like beat his wife or a boyfriend can just beat his girlfriend. Like that's in our country's DNA. Um, and it's, it's 2023 for fuck's sake. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? And I I understand there's not like, this is not something that can be solved on a national level. This is ultimately a local, like these are local, this has to do with on the local level. This is how, you know, and, and it's, 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 it's sad. And, um, you know, it's just another way that if you are not a white man, you're, probably going to get fucked in some way or another uh, in this country. And if you're a woman who happens to get beat on, um, you know what? You're, you're probably not going to get the justice you deserve. Uh, and that is, and that is not, that is not good. So um, I, I don't, I don't really know what else to say, but I don't know. I just want to say something. So that's, that's what I would like to say about that. <laughs> Thanks Keith. Appreciate it. 